Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Leadership with Kevin and Naomi, international leadership coaches in leadership business and proudly brought to you by Coca-Cola Peninsula Beverages happening every Monday at 12 on ebizradio.com. For more information, you can check out our, our website at lunchtimeleadership.co.za. Joining me as always, our very wonderfully busy partner in crime and co-host Naomi Basson. Hey Naomi, how are you doing? Hello Kevin, hello everybody, very well, thank you. It's uh, Monday and it's been running around. We've all been running around. So um, it's time for the show. So I can just sit back and relax. And we've got a wonderful guest today that um, I haven't had a chance to actually um, Google to find out what's going on. So it's going to be as much a surprise to me today when we chat than it is to our audience out there. So I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, what I want to start off with, guys, is just a recap of where we left off last week. We're doing our motivational Mondays, and last week we, we actually looked at motivation as a, as a key entry point, covered um, how to measure motivation from achievement, power, affiliation, uh, and if you want to go to the lunchtimeleadership.co.za, you can go and check it out. It's a free assessment. Click on top, uh, download the assessment. It's going to take you five minutes, and it's really going to give you some really good insights on how to measure your own motivation uh, and what it is that motivates you. But uh, moving into today's conversation, we are chatting to a very special uh, guest uh, and uh, the role he has played around COVID, but also in a leadership capacity that he fulfills. And uh, we want to welcome Professor Tian Diyaha, the Dean of Medical Sciences of Pretoria University. Please welcome uh, our wonderful guest joining us. Hello, Tian. How are you? Hello, Kevin. Very well yourself. Hello, Naomi. Uh, hello, Tian. Welcome. Yeah, I just, I just because I hello, Tian, I'm like, I know it's Professor Diachem, <laughs> but it's because I know you. How are you doing? <laughs> well, Kevin, under these circumstances, I think we all learn to survive. And uh, yeah, it's August, so spring is around the corner, I hope, so it's going very well, thanks. Hey, it's Women's <laughs> Month, Tian, don't forget. And that. it's Women's <laughs> Month. Always something important to celebrate. No, don't That's forget good. that. Yeah, don't forget that. And you know, from Cape Town, we, we, we love to celebrate. You know, there's always a reason to celebrate. So we make celebrations happen. So I know. Absolutely. I always go for my birthday week to Cape Town. And it's exactly for that reason, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I know you, you'll have to include me in your birthday celebrations. You know, I'm the, I'm the queen of celebrations. So you'll have to invite me. <laughs> Yeah. So, guys, just to kick off today's conversation, Tiana, uh, uh, thank you for, for making the time. It's such, a, it's such an honor and privilege to have you on the show. Um, don't you want to just give us a bit of a, a background of who you are and uh, what you do, just so people out there who are listening sort mm. of have an idea of, of the conversation and who we're speaking to? Mm. Thanks, Kevin, and thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm Tiana Jager. I grew up in the free state. Uh, it's closer to the Cape than Pretoria, Naomi. Um, <laughs> uh, studied there up to my master's, then moved to Gauteng. Uh, worked at Medunsa at that time, uh, Medical University of Southern Africa, now SMU's Fakumahatu uh, University. And then I moved to the University of Pretoria, where I did my PhD in andrology. Now that's male reproductive health in the department of urology. 
And I got interested in the effects of environmental chemicals and pollutants on reproductive health and health in general. And uh, yeah, interesting developments after that. I did a year of uh, postdoctoral studies in Quebec City in Canada, but the study was in Chiapas, Mexico. So I was traveling between Mexico and uh, Canada, where I've learned a lot, different languages, different cultures, um, and you need to manage the scientific study and make sure that you deliver. And uh, when I got back, I was appointed uh, in the uh, School of Health Systems and Public Health at the department uh, at the University of Pretoria. Became deputy dean for research, and then the past five six years, uh, dean in the Faculty of Health Sciences. The forever student, Kev, I said to him earlier, just before we, we got, went online, he's the forever student, you know, just carried on Ab studying. Absolutely, learning more every day. <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the conversations that I wanted to touch on, and uh, and I think it's, you know, being where we are in, in lockdown and COVID, uh, considering the position you hold, what role have you played in COVID, the, the COVID pandemic in South Africa? Because I know that, you, you know, holding this position, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of influence that you have, but also a, a tremendous amount of consideration that, that, that needs to be taken. Don't you want to sort of give us some insight on that? Yeah. Um, you know, there was no previous warning for this. Mm. So uh, we... At, on very short notice, had to obviously make sure that we continue with the academic program, that our hospitals that we associated with um, in, a, in a position to, to treat these patients and to accommodate for what was happening in the country. So it's got various levels, um, and I think that is where leadership and management becomes really important. Because first of all, you need to look at the safety of your students, your uh, lecturers, your staff, and also make sure that they uh, complete the academic year successfully. Now, for my sins, I'm also the chairperson of the South Africa Committee of uh, Medical Deans. So it's a committee of all the medical school deans. And uh, obviously, we involved in many issues related to the healthcare system in South Africa. Now, in terms of COVID, I can speak for the University of Pretoria. I must say, because of the work that we've been involved in in our faculty, community-based work, um, you know, telemedicine, things that a lot of people say we need to do, made it easier for us to transit into a, a, a phase where we could address the issues on the ground. We could test people, communities. We could make sure uh, that they've got food uh, in terms of substance use, the issues related to that. So it becomes very complex. And, um, yeah, so as a, a medical dean, you need to think on, on your feet and um, things are happening, you know. Uh, 
everybody went into lockdown, but I was in the office all the time. And obviously, the colleagues, the frontline workers, working extremely long hours. So you need to look at their well-being um, and their safety and everything as well. You know, and then there's the pressure from the academic side. You need to go online. It's additional work. And to balance that, I think, is quite a challenge. But, yeah, we managed, and I think we're doing well. Yeah, and you sound more like a security force than a, than a medical dean to me, because you were also, you told me earlier that you were also just became dean on when, when fees must fall. How did that pan out as a leader? That was quite an interesting time. Um, you know, um, I'm one of those people that I would like to be everywhere and involved. So, obviously, at the gate with the security to make sure everything is going well, if you get notice of something that's happening, a security risk, you're there. Um, sometimes we had to lock students in the classroom where they were writing tests while there was some activity just outside the door that you need to manage. But we got through it. And uh, I, I must say at the University of Pretoria, we were the I think the only health sciences faculty that graduated our students on time, I believe that we did not compromise quality uh, at all or put our students at risk. But yes, it's difficult decisions. Um, you cannot take risk when you're dealing with um, um, health risks and uh, safety risks, uh, students or staff for that matter. But I think the message from the top should be clear. Um, and I think one aspect that may be helped is uh, we've started to, to, to communicate and address many of the issues, the, the financial issues well in advance. We were the first faculty to introduce a, a loan guarantee fund where students could get a, guarantee, uh, a loan at 0%, um, you know, and so we addressed many of the issues related to fees must fall in advance. And I think that was also important. Yeah, so just, just coming back to the, 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 um, the, the pandemic itself, uh, you know, do you think we're effectively dealing with the, with the, the pandemic uh, in any way? You know, from a, from a layman's perspective and from the man on the street kind of point of view, we kind of look at what we see on the news and we go, okay, well, we're definitely not dealing with it. What factors are influencing the, the strategy behind the, the, the sort of rollout of the vaccine? And, and essentially, is it, is it working? Uh, Kevin, it's working, but we need to make sure that people are getting vaccinated now and fast. Because yeah. we've seen, because of the, the slow start, the impact of the third wave was significant. We passed that, the numbers are going down, but now we need to make sure, and, and I hope people understand the importance of getting vaccinated. Now, in terms of the management of that, yeah, I'm sure everybody can do better, um, you know, so it's easy to criticize. There's also a lot of fake news going around. You know, I believe that um, the country and the leaders made informed decisions. First, it was about which vaccine would be most suitable for us. You know, um, 
obviously, if it's a, a vaccine that needs to be uh, kept at minus 70 degrees, it's not going to be suitable for rural areas or or geographical areas that, that might not have these facilities. And secondly, it was still, they were ongoing testing and um, we were part of the J&J um, trial. And um, I think, yes, um, there's many aspects that played a role. And I think we could have done better in the country in terms of the rollout, but we've got no excuse now and people just need to go now. Um, you know, and it also, we can make a difference from our side, for instance, we opened up a vaccination site. Nobody asked me to, but in the entrance of the faculty, we created that to help the staff and students at the University of Pretoria to get vaccinated as soon as possible. Uh, and uh, the minister, Mzumandi, uh, came for his second uh, vaccination to our site. And um, these are things you need to do, and people need to take initiative and be innovative to make a difference going forward. So, Tian, there's lots of arguments pro and, and, and against being vaccinated. Okay, so this is, I don't think this is the forum to actually have that conversation, hmm. um, whether we believe or don't believe, um, because I have very strong opinions about it. So, I'd rather not go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> What is the consequences of people not vaccinating to the rest of, of the people in South Africa that's been vaccinated? Well, they're putting themselves at risk and they're putting others at risk. So there's no reason not to be vaccinated, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, if you look at other countries, um, America has got more than 70% of the population vaccinated already. We've got a very low percentage and we're very slow and we need to step up. So the, the, the evidence is there. I mean, if you're vaccinated and you might still get the virus, your symptoms are going to be far less and manageable than without being vaccinated. And also, if you're going to be in an environment where there's other people that's not vaccinated, I mean, we've seen how many people died during this uh, third wave. Um, and you cannot put your own family, your colleagues, your friends, whoever, at risk by not taking the vaccine. In my opinion, there's no choice. You know, I saw the I saw the jokes going around with with taking the vaccine and it's going to change your DNA and you and, and all sorts of things. And my honest opinion is, go please go have the vax because you need a you need a, a change of DNA. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, to that point, um, Tian, the, the how long do you believe that we have until we have herd uh, immunity? And do you think we're going to get there? Is it going to take a very long time? Do we have something to look forward to? Um, Kevin, that's why I'm saying we need to speed up the process before we face another um, wave of, of this pandemic. And, and we've seen uh, it can be devastating. Um, so we need to get to at least the 70-80% vaccination uh, of the population. And uh, yes... Uh, some people predict that in September we might face the next wave already. So 
Sure. Not a lot of time for us to vaccinate a lot of people. Mm. I'm so over COVID that I would like to actually in, involve myself in getting people vaccinated. I promise you. I'll set up a station. I'll go help inject. I don't care what I can do. Um, but I'm so I'm so over COVID. I'm so over being at home. I'm so over being locked down. I'm so over being home at 10 o'clock. I mean, I haven't been I haven't even done that when I was at school. So for me, yeah. this is like a big thing. Tian, do you think it's the mistrust that's happening or the, the lack of trust in South Africa that people are, are not vaccinating? People are really uninformed. They believe the weirdest stuff. So really the fake news and things that's going around and and you can't believe that people look at that and, and you know, believe what is going on. I mean, really, um, there's medical evidence, there's um, scientific evidence, there's um, so much information already out there. And, and it should be common sense, really. Um, but they grab onto the weirdest stuff and um, try to, I don't know if it's what is behind it. I can't understand it. But unfortunately, those people put us all at risk, um, you know, if they don't go for it. You know, I've seen cases where people said, you know, I wasn't sure if I should. And then I saw, you know, at our site, my colleagues are going and I went. And it was such a positive experience. You know, um, you just feel safer. Uh, those people that got the virus afterwards had very, very uh, mild symptoms. So, I mean, there's enough proof by now. And we just need to make a point of it to make sure everybody is going for that. Is this, is this back going to be forever? Or do we have to, to do a refresher at some stage again? No, we will have to get um, um, some boosters at some point. Uh, obviously, the, the virus is also um, changing, and uh, we need to make sure that our uh, vaccines are still effective and that our immune response will still be adequate towards that. Um, it's all about that immune response, you know, um, so it is an ongoing battle, but um, I think we're getting there. So, Ken, just to shift gears slightly, um, moving into a bit of a leadership conversation, because, you know, listening to, you know, the stuff that you're involved in and the impact that you're having, um, how, do you, how do you think strong leadership um, uh, or how important do you think strong leadership is, you know, when, you, when you're having to make decisions like, fees must fall, mm -hmm. pandemic, when you, um, tell us about why, why, what, what is that? Like, how, how do you, how important is it to, to have that strong leadership kick into gear and step it up? Very important, Kevin. Um, but most important, you need to make informed decisions. You know, uh, with these pandemics and the crises that we need to deal with, it's often at short notice that we need to say, okay, are we going to stop classes? Are we going to cancel a test? Are we going to take students off the clinical platforms? Um, you know, so you need to be able to evaluate the information and, um, you know, see what is going to be the best. 
taking safety into consideration. Obviously, the students are paying to become doctors. Um, but, yeah, you can't take any risks. So you need to, to make a decision and you need to be able to defend your decision because there's mothers, there's parents, there's students. Not everybody's agreeing with your decision. Um, yeah, and you need to be able to convince them that it's the best decision, not only for their, their own interest, but in the country's interest, maybe. We need doctors, for instance, to graduate, to, to fight this pandemic. These students, you know, decided to go and study in the health sciences domain. It might be nurses or physiotherapists or, or doctors. So to be afraid now to, to come to class, um, no, you've got PPE. You need to make sure that you use your PPE correctly. You need to adhere to the regulations and the safety precautions. If you're going out tonight and party with your friends, and that we've seen, that's where people got infected, not, you know, at the universities necessarily. But yeah, yeah you need to be able to make a decision and defend your decision. So strong leadership is definitely needed. Jan, what's your leadership style? Sure. <clears throat> I, I wish I could say... Um, I'm, I'm very strategic, you know, so I think I tend to, to, to go to the strategic leadership style, transformational, I believe we need to change all the time. And I think that was some of the advantages we had uh, in our faculty. Uh, you know, we worked in the communities already. So if you're working with poverty and diseases, and now you need to add COVID to it, you've already got your, your, your uh, footprint there and you've got your systems and mechanisms in place, making it much easier uh, to introduce uh, new uh, aspects to it. So, yeah, but I think one must be adaptable. In, I don't know if I'm very democratic sometimes, you know, it will be like this. <laughs> it's in your own, <laughs> your own benefit. You know, so yeah, it's it's sometimes easier for other people to 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 say than what it is for when you look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> Are you a popular leader? <laughs> I I don't know. Um, you are. I, I know you are. I know you are. I've, I've worked you know, with you before. You are very popular. I'm working with amazing people. And uh, I just, you know, you just need to give them recognition and support them. And I believe that's what a leader should do. He should support and not necessarily tell them what to do. Um, give them wings because they're excellent. They're brilliant, you know. And uh, I'm very fortunate. Our students, our staff, I mean, these are amazing people. And you just need to see that they survived during this whole process and, and, and celebrate the successes with them and show gratitude. You know, often during, you know, the frontline workers, you, you're in a meeting, a virtual meeting with somebody, and you realize that that person might not have been at home this week. They've worked 24 hours, maybe took a nap uh, in between. And, and people don't always 
understand it. Yeah. You know, we've got um, tents uh, erected in, in front of the hospital where patients could... Winter's night, uh, where patients are sharing oxygen. Um, sure. Terrible situations. And these people are making sure that they're comfortable, that they get the medical treatment and care that they need. You know, and tomorrow they need to teach students and keep their pose and be on top of their lecture as well, you know. And then they've got a family at home. It's not what easy. Are your, what are your top three strengths as a leader, Tian? Uh, I'm two meters tall, so I intimidate <laughs> people six foot seven. <laughs> no, um, I think I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Um, you know, you need to enjoy it. You need to believe in what you're doing. Um, you need to communicate. Um, you know, marketing as such, is such an interesting uh, domain. And during this COVID, we've seen the number of videos. Our faculty produced hundreds of short videos. And it started off with how to wash hands and then how to do this. And it developed into more complicated and more technical things and where you, when there's an increase in numbers and you feel you need to address the issue amongst the, the, the students, more of a shock video. Did you, did you know, you know, that what if your parent might pass away of, and let them think a bit about it, you know? So I think to me, it is a, a combination of using various uh, areas um, to strengthen the message, to strengthen the communication, and people should feel supported. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's the so one I mean, thing about leadership that you don't enjoy? Sorry, Kev. You know, you, you're on duty 24-7. You need to make, um, you need to take, be res you, you're responsible. And it's sometimes very difficult. You know, Friday afternoon, people go home. Oh, we've got the weekend. Um, but then you need to deal with many issues and crises and plan for the next week. And, you know, get somebody to analyze some data for you to, to use data to, to base your decisions on. You know, so you never off duty. And I think that is, is the difficult part. You, you never go on holiday switching off your cell phone and your laptop. You, you need to, to, to manage it. Although there might be competent people standing in, you in the end, the responsible person. Oh, Friday afternoon, yes, we drink wine, Tian. <laughs> <laughs> Tian, just to confirm, um, you're responsible for uh, like a, a group of about 6,000 individuals? About 7,500. Seven. Yeah. So, I mean, just knowing that, you know, if anything goes wrong at the campus, if anything goes wrong, never mind COVID and the pressure that it adds, you're like, at the end of the day, your name is attached to it. Absolutely. You know, the, our campus is, is a separate campus, 
So it's your security issues related to the campus. We've got residences here. Um, you know, there's always, um, we're really transforming our faculty and there's a new, lot of building and renovation going on. Um, we will have soon the first 21st century library that you've ever seen in Africa. It's going to be amazing. Oh, wow. I'm going to invite you. you know, but academic. The, going, going with that is, um, yeah, everything that's related to building and renovation and there's a pipe that burst at 12 tonight and there's a fire that started at the, uh, you know, next to the campus or something that you need to manage and and, and then there's obviously mental health that has become a major issue during this time. So you need to make sure that your students feel supported, that your students got access to the necessary support 24-7, uh, because you don't always have that physical contact where people can say, oh, there's something wrong with that person or they acted you know, in a strange way. So it's often late night where you get calls and need to manage uh, a situation. So how do you live a balanced life? I don't live a balanced life. Oh, <laughs> even you and I have some work to do here. <laughs> we have no, actually had know, this conversation. He, he works at it, but it's still hard. <laughs> it is important. You know, even if you spend that little bit of time with your dog, um, you know, forgetting about the human race and all the challenges associated with that. And uh, yeah, now you need to. I, and I mean, what a better time than with the Olympic Games, just to switch on the television, sit back a while and, and enjoy the games and, and the excellence that's going with it, you know. Um, so we need to constantly work on that. And it, just to close off our conversation, because I, I see we're rapidly running out of time now, but I mean, it, to close off today's chat with you, if you could give out, you know, some, some wonderful leadership advice, you know, what would that be? What you want to tell people that, you know, going, standing in the foot or the shoes, at least that you stand in, um, what could you tell leadership out there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You know, Kevin, it's, it's one, once again, one of those things. Um, I think you should never forget that you're responsible. You know, no matter in, in, in what way you look at responsibility, um, I think that is important. The, the moment you, you realize you're the responsible person, you won't take... Um, uh, uninformed decisions and uh, compromise anybody's um, health and well-being, for instance. Yeah. I think it's important to communicate your vision. You know, I've got great dreams and, and a vision for this faculty. And yes, we've got a plan in place, but from time to time, you need to make sure that everybody is on board. So I will have a short video uh, that just say, you know, um, this year our theme, for instance, is feed your focus. Because with COVID, you can go into various areas and all the destruction. Mm. But 
what is our focus? We've got, um, you know, specific goals and, and um, that we need to make. So it is important to sometimes just say, hey, remember, feed your focus. So <coughs> communication of that vision is important. And then, as I've said earlier as well, celebrate the successes and show gratitude. You know, people work hard, they try their best, they commit it, but sometimes you just need to get that, hey, thank you, or I see yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, we all need yeah. that. We all need that. Thank Everybody you so needs that. Yeah. Yeah. Professor Tian de from uh, the Dean of Medical Sciences at Pretoria University. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're very busy. It's taken months for you to like be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Naomi. This was fun. This was so lovely. Tell me when's your birthday? May. Right. Next year, May, we will celebrate in Cape Town. We will have that glass of wine. But you should <laughs> take, care, take care of yourself. Take time thank out. You. And, and, you know, if you're not good to yourself, you can't be good to others. So please take care of yourself. That's very true. Thanks for that wise word. Those wise words, Naomi. Take care. <laughs> Love having yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Just for now. Bye. Well, that was so, fun and, and too short. There's so many. I've got a list of stuff while he was like, while Tian was talking that I wanted to ask him. There's just so much stuff. It's amazing. But, Love chatting yeah. to him. So sticking, sticking to the, the theme of, you know, having our motivation, what, what I was thinking was really interesting about um, uh, having him on the show was um, the the conversation around fear yeah, and I, you know, the anti-vaxxers who are out there and um, people who, <laughs> and I think, you know, to that point, like one of the things is like, you know, inform yourself and, and do the research. You know, I think fear in itself can be such a debilitator. Yeah. And I think where we're in South Africa, I mean, like we spoke about motivation uh, last week and, and we were speaking about being demotivated and you also mentioned, you know, uh, how you felt about it, but taking action and, and stepping up and creating a bit of certainty for yourself, um, you know, you know what, what, I, yeah, what I take from his conversation is, is, is think enough about yourself and other people to actually do the right thing. You know, and, and while, I was, while I was listening to him, I thought about something that says the mind acts according to its own conception of itself. So do I believe that I'm worthy to actually take care of myself, do I believe? If, I mean, if I do, if I don't take care of myself, how can I take care of other people? You know yeah. that 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 inner conflict that people have with whether they go or don't go for the vaccination. You know, I just think there's a bigger picture to it than that. But yeah, I love Absolutely. chatting to him. And you know what? It's it's. I wanted to say to him, common sense is not that common with certain people. You know, so yeah. it is what it is. But it was a wonderful conversation. You know, thank you for that. But also just to add to, to that, um, just three ways that you can actually combat fear um, that I just sort of looked and found today and, and wanted to share was question and change existing beliefs. Yeah. And I think so many people get stuck in that belief and it becomes their reality or it becomes their, their identity that they suddenly was well, like, well, I can't do this or that can't be the truth based on the fact that that's what I believe. And, you know, uh, a belief is something you can change. The, the moment you get to a point where you've actually found certainty and you understand it from a different reference point, you could actually change that belief. Yeah. The other one that's mentioned is um, seek out new references. And I love the idea that, you know, when we, 
uh, I often have this conversation with my brother because he'll have a strong opinion about it. And then I just listen to him goes like, so where, did, where do you get that information? Is it just your opinion or have you found 10 people that agree with you? And it always stumps the conversation because I think, you know, it debilitates fear, it debilitates uh, taking that sort of equation and changing it. And the last one is be, become curious. And I think to, you know, to the conversation with Tian now as well as, it's such an honor to kind of, um, well, I mean, uh, the first thing that comes like having him on the show because I've tried for so long already. <laughs> but uh, what I want to say about being curious is um, becoming curious about asking enough question until you have information to, to understand what it is you're asking. And then making a solid sort of um, informed uh, decision. statement, informed yeah. decision about yeah. it, right? Because that in itself is going to create certainty. Yeah, and when I think you have certainty, a, it takes yeah. away. I think there's just a lot of people that's just following everybody else's opinions about stuff. And for me, it's like, don't be a sheep, you know, just make your own decisions, get informed, find out for yourself, listen, watch, read, analyze, investigate, do whatever you need to do to get the right answers. But given at the end of the day, it's absolutely about a belief system. You know, if you believe yeah. you're right, you're right. If you believe you're wrong, you're wrong. And unfortunately, we're never going to change those minds of those people. Common sense has never been common. Suddenly, everybody's clever. Everybody's a medical, has got a medical degree, and everybody can decide whether it's good or bad for them. You know, I've given yeah. up on, on fighting with people about that because I get myself into big trouble because I have such strong opinions about that. For me, as I, and, and again, it's those, you get that group of people say, I'm not following everybody else. Everybody else is doing it. Therefore, I need to do it. Get real. You know, it's not about that. It's not about following. It's about doing the right thing. It's about keeping everybody safe because everybody that doesn't vaccinate is going to is going to keep them the freaking um, um, uh, thing live. And, and, the virus, and, yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, for me, it's, oh, here I go. You see, who it's, I have strong opinions about it. <laughs> No, but and I, I think it's true because I think, you know, that's where we need to get to a point. But fear in itself, because that's what it happens. You know, when, when you start questioning and you don't know, it creates that irrational uh, thought process. And it debilitates us to such a degree until you are informed about what it is you're trying to make decisions on. And the vaccine is exactly the same thing. You know, like you say, everyone becomes a medical doctor suddenly because yeah. they know about something or they've read an article and you're kind of going, is it something you study? Do you have an absolute certainty about what you've just said? Or is it just your opinion? Because yeah. that's two different things, right? Yeah. So I think that's, you know, encompassing today's, today's conversation. I think fear in itself and where South Africa is and what we're going through, there's a lot more that we can do about it than just flick the TV on and watch the news. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. So guys, if you want to catch up with us, uh, please go and check it out on the lunchtimeleadership.co.za or email us directly on info at lunchtimeleadership.co.za. You can connect on uh, our social medias, uh, Coach by Design or at Leadership by Design. And uh, the Lunchtime Leadership goes out uh, every Monday at 12. Naomi, thank you for a wonderful conversation. Thanks for today. Yeah, thank you for setting it up. I love chatting to Tian. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Go get vaccinated, please. Go, go get vaccinated. <laughs> we both already is. Chat later. Bye.